Hey, welcome back to Dot Grid, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital. My name is Will Fangi, and I am joined by my co-host from the West Coast, Mr. Andy Wilfley. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Co-host from the West Coast. There's like, I don't know. I think you need to call it like your your co-host. No, that doesn't work. Never mind. No. I forget I said that. It's okay. You want to start over? Or are you just going to roll with that? <laughs> no, I'm just going to roll with it. You people cool, can cool. just listen to my witty banter. And I had something else yeah. that I was going to say as I was thinking up, but uh, I was putting it together as I was going to sleep last night. But you know, sometimes those ideas, they're not even like half-baked. They're like, oh, this sounds like a really great idea now. And then yeah. I was trying to put it back together on the couch when I was getting ready to record the episode. And I was like, you know what? That does not sound nearly as clever. That is my everyday. As I thought it did. Yeah, I'm not overly uh, I'm not overly impressed by that at all. Um, well, happy, how's the happy, weather? Happy 2018. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. How's the weather out there? Very earthquakey. Is um, that a weather thing? I, it, it's treated like weather, like it's like it. They shows up in like weather.com stuff, but it's like it's a geological event instead of like an atmospheric event. So uh, it's good. I experienced consciously my first earthquake last night around what was that? Around 2:45 in the morning. Um, it, I, it didn't seem as big a deal to me as it has to other people, but also I was extremely tired and I think I probably fell back asleep during it, which doesn't bode well for if and when the big one happens, because probably just a house is going to fall on me and I won't even know. Well, I figure if it's a, well, like a 4.2 or 4.5 or whatever it was, I figure if they bump it up to like a six, you're going to have, I mean, I don't know, maybe you're the kind of guy that likes being rocked to sleep gently by mother earth. Uh, hopefully. Um, yeah. Hopefully um, not. No, hopefully you stay no, awake hopefully. and you're not like, Oh God. So it just seemed to me like I woke up from a, with a little bit of like a jolt. And then I feel like I just heard it more than I felt it. Like I heard a, like a cathud rattle, 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 rattle. And that was about it. So I just heard like the house and everything rattling around me. That's what Skype sounds like when it calls you now. <laughs> shake, rattle, 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 shake, rattle, rattle, rattle. Um, so there's no, um, there's no bomb cyclones happening out here, whatever it is. Um, I, where did that even come from? What, what it's a, is, it's a new term. There's like some real creative adventurers at, uh, weather channel or whoever it is who decides these things it sounds like a stoner crew that's a bomb cyclone dude yeah like, what <laughs> what is that even speaking of stoners yeah california got that legal weed well until uh until jeff sessions takes it away <laughs> yeah until this afternoon happened i God. i mean i haven't really katie has been sick for the entirety of 2018 so we haven't like gone out and done much but i haven't seen anything around about it like i i think part of it is People don't quite know how to sell it yet. Like, right. Yeah. Probably if I go to like Berkeley, you know, it's just, oh, like yeah. A, I assume the entire town is like just turned into one big weed shop. I mean, it was before, just now it's legal. Um, oh, well, well, and we'll talk about it again in a little bit, but I'm going to be in LA for four days next month. I can only assume that some um, very intriguing entrepreneurs have probably found a way around whatever sort of, oh, what are they selling like permits now? I don't know. How does this stuff no, work? I think it's probably going to be like it is in Colorado where like just as long as you're over a certain age, you can just go and buy it. Like that's, if you're in like Colorado, if you're in Colorado, Massachusetts, Alaska or Maine or Nevada, I don't know why I know all these Washington, states. 
Washington, Oregon. If you're in one of these states and you want to explain to us how legal non-medicinal weed works, please. Well, feel I do free know how it works. You, it's like buying like buying alcohol. It doesn't matter if you live out of town. You just go and you you buy it as long as you don't try to take it out of the state line. Well, I'm not trying to tourist it. Like I'm like you know, what if I want to move out there and open up my own edible shop? Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean like not to buy it but to sell it? Right. Like what's like how's how how are they regulating that? I, I will find out. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be super interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be out. No. I'm did I just say 2014? 2014. What, is it? what year Roll is it? Roll it back. Oh, my God. Who am uh, I? What is this? Who are you? Who, who which are one am I? Which one am I? Who again? are we? Where did I go? Um, 2018. Yes. 2018. It, well, so you're going to L.A. next month, but then what are you doing? I'm coming to San Francisco. Yeah, you are. Come sleep on your futon for a couple of days. We're going to record, hopefully, a live episode. It was going to be a surprise, and then you let the cat out of the bag. Oh, so shoot, I'm not, that was I'm, a surprise? I, yeah, I'm not going to edit this out. I'm oh, way man. too lazy to do all that. I know, right? <laughs> well, um, I think, I don't know. I feel like... I think I'm going to spend more time in San Francisco than I am in L.A. Yeah, you are. I'm going to be in uh, L.A. If we have any listeners in L.A. that want to hang out with me during the six hours I have free on Sunday afternoon before my days become very regulated by the wonder that is Envision IRL, which is what they're calling it. Oh, boy. Because we're hip. Um, uh, speaking of speaking of Envision, you've started, you're installed in your new job. I'm installed in my new job. I'm churning out two to three blog posts a week, and most of them have my name on them. Oh, yeah. A couple don't, but that's because we're trying to spread the love or something. It, I don't know. I don't, I don't mind the ghost, right? It, the, the check clears the same. Is it Clark? Is that whose name is on it? No. No. One of our, one, we, we put one of our video guys' names on one of the things that I did because I've been doing a lot of... Uh, been doing a lot of blog posts that sort of backhandedly tie into Studio, the uh, product that we're releasing sometime this month hmm. or next month or in the first quarter of the year. Um, and my my boss doesn't want me to be the only person talking about it, which, OK, you know, whatever. Like I said, check clears the same. You can put whoever's name on it. You want to. <laughs> all right. All right. All the emails for Clark from Envision. And if if that's what they're going to. If that's what my job is, I'll do it. Um, yes. But yeah, I've been uh, writing about two or three blog posts a week, enjoying that. Still uh, still the marketing director at UX Booth, enjoying that too. Still running that freelance gig. Looking forward to uh, meeting that friend of mine when I'm out in San Francisco as well. So oh, yeah. that'll, be, that'll be fun and exciting. Go go meet Mr. Swizek and hang out there for a little bit. You can go meet him down by the bird shop. Yeah, because he's got that awesome bird that shows up for all his live coding. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be in L.A. from Sunday through about Wednesday night, the first full or during the first week of February. And then I'm going to fly from L.A. to San Francisco. It cost me 40 whole dollars. Actually, it didn't even cost me 40 whole dollars. It was just it was like 39 and some change hmm. to fly from L.A. to San Francisco. And then I'm going to hang out at uh, Candyland West for a couple of days and hopefully record an episode and try to do some nerd things that we've been talking about doing since you and I became friends. Whoa. Those was that three or four years ago. Was it four years ago? Now? It's like, I think it's like three years ago. That's when I it moved was down a here. Long time. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And yeah, cause it was right, right. As you moved in there. Yeah. Um, we recorded, yeah. I believe our first episode in January. So look at us coming back around. We only, it only took us three years to get to 20. Yeah. It's uh, at this, at this rate, we'll be at a hundred by, uh, 2100. So yes, at this rate, we'll be at a hundred episodes right about that. Our grandchildren will host the I'm not going to have, that's not going to work. <laughs> We're never going to make it. <laughs> never, ever, never going to make it. Um, All right. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm in my new job. I'm really enjoying it. Envision has been a wonderful company to work for. I had a pretty good holiday season where I worked for a little bit, didn't work for a little bit, but I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. How are things at the mothership? Uh, I don't know what a mothership is, but, uh, you work I, at a large multi-billion dollar company. I'm just now going to refer to as the, mothership. Oh, I see. Well, it sounds I, better to me. I work actually at a smaller satellite office in San Francisco. The big main one is in San Jose, but, oh. uh, Actually, I work at a satellite office of the satellite office. Um, we have a couple different buildings in San Francisco, and one of them is uh, the big main one in San Francisco is the old Macromedia building. Um, it's really cool, big old brick building, but the whole design team was moved to a smaller building just a couple blocks away because um, they are, well, they're they're building a new building that's going to be a dedicated design space, but they moved us out because... Um, they're shuffling things around because they have to relay the bricks in that brick building. It is. I'm a, sure yesterday's geological event did not help with that. I'm, oh, God, I can't even imagine. Well, there was that sinkhole in May. Um, just Jeez. just in case, just in case, you know, living on a giant fault line wasn't bad enough. That part of San Francisco is built literally on shipwreck. So they take. Is it you guys or L.A. that's going to be breaking off into the ocean? That's L.A., right? Um, or the whole state of California? Hopefully, you know, all of it. But um, San Francisco is just like a little little dingleberry, like right right in um, the middle of California. So we're probably going to be the ones just breaking off into the ocean. But I will live on an island then because I live on top of a giant hill. So that sounds awesome, I guess, except for, the, except for the horrible mortality rate and the commute is just going to be horrible. Yeah, we'll have to buy a canoe or something. Boats involved. Um, it never gets easy. <laughs> so I understand you have some crow to eat. Uh, mea culpa, mea culpa. So, um, during our last episode on wearables, particularly wrist-based wearables, uh, I had some choice things to say about my Apple Watch vis-a-vis the battery life. And not long, no, actually during the episode, I had already mentioned that uh, it was dead. And there was nothing I could do with it. And there was nothing that I could uh, could make it work, couldn't make it turn on. So I took it to the Apple store, thought they were going to replace it. They didn't. They shipped it out, but they shipped me a new one, I guess, either the next day or the day after. Um, I have been wearing it since 830 this morning. It currently has 86 percent battery. Hmm. So obviously the first one I had was a little bit of a dud. Um And so I'm really enjoying having an Apple watch that has reasonable battery life. That was my one of my two big complaints, more native Apple watch apps and better battery life. And this one has better battery life. So hopefully hopefully it doesn't have a microchip with security issues. I dude, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not even paying attention. Like I I saw parts of it. I don't either. Like. I'm just going to what it, I was I would say I would just unplug from the Internet and prevent that issue. But Comcast service has been so spotty here the past two days that I'm essentially disconnected from the Internet anyway. It's doing that for you. There's Comcast is just looking yeah. out for your well-being. Thanks, Comcast. Yeah, it never it never fails about 1030, 11 o'clock every day. Um, everything just gets spotty like it. My Slack messages take forever to send and upload and we we're getting ready to do this tonight it took it told me for a little while that it was going to take two hours to download a 98 megabyte file i was like what is this 1999 am i downloading it on my phone line do i have to leave <laughs> it on all night just and hope no one calls like it 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 righted itself but i mean comcast you i mean it's no surprise comcast shit in the bed come on it's comcast <laughs> that's what that's what they do they're comcastic um, 
Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, so my Apple Watch is working out better, and hopefully it doesn't have a microchip that's going to set it on fire or something else. Um, I have, uh, have I told you that my Apple Watch gets mad at me with my heart, with the heart rate? Has it done that uh, no. to you at all? It yeah, has. It's, I, it's happened a couple times. Yeah. It's usually after I walk up a giant hill. Um, because no, I'm not, mine does I'm mine, not in shape. Yeah. Mine doesn't when I'm sitting on the couch. Oh, for like anxiety um, attacks and stuff. I guess, but I haven't. It wasn't really one of those. Like it, it surprises me what happens. It happened to me twice in The Last Jedi on Sunday. Hmm. Do you listen which to. Which I thought was kind welcome, of interesting. Yeah. Do you listen to Welcome, welcome to Macintosh? Listen, I don't. That. Okay, it is a uh, podcast. It's very good. Um, they had an episode recently called uh, Little Risk Computer. And uh, the guy who is like a personal narrative, he is like a guy living in New York City. He's a freelancer. He has um, anxiety issues and he has uh, he's prone to pulmonary embolisms, like the little bubbles or clots in your blood. And he bought an Apple Watch. And at one point, it literally saved his life because what he thought was an anxiety attack uh, spoiler was a blood clot traveling to his brain and he caught it early oh, and yikes. he, he was, he was saved, but like, it's, it's kind of about like how the Apple watch for him went from like this, like sort of like extra little bobble. That's like a super expensive wristwatch to something that actually like is really useful and helps him like save his life. So I'll have a link to that in show notes. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, um, I enrolled in the heart rate study that they, uh, that they that they announced a little while back. Um, so if I have like a weird heartbeat or something over the course of, I don't know, like a day or three days, I didn't read all of the specifics about it, but it's like you get a free console with a doctor and they check on your heart and make sure you're not going to die. I mean, it's kind of it's been kind of interesting that it has checked my heart rate when it goes. Like I said, if it goes over one hundred and twenty more than twice in a 10 minute period, it's like, hey, your heart rate's up. And I'm like, what? I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand why we'd be doing that. So, I mean, I, the last Jedi was good, but I didn't think it was like anxiety inducing. <laughs> can you feel it, it though, when your, when your heart rate goes up? Like, can you feel your heart? I mean, like once it, once it like taps me on the wrist, I do the whole fingers up to the carotid thing. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess my heart is beating faster than normal. But I was going to say it has a problem with like the, my old watch used to not, um, track my heart rate as well. Like I would turn it on to do workouts and then like go for a walk. And I live at the bottom of the hill as well. It's not nearly as steep as yours, San Francisco Hills, but I live at the bottom of the hill as well. And I'm trying to check my heart rate going up and it's like 91, 88, 84. I'm like, Oh, trust me. My heart rate is much higher than that right now. <laughs> um, but I haven't checked it. I haven't done any workouts with the new one yet, which um, hopefully will change. We can talk about that more once we get past the follow up and into the, uh, the topic for the day. Yeah. Um, your living room looks like a Kinko's. It does. It does right now. Um, I'm my, sure you're, I'm sure your sick wife is very happy to be sick and laid up in a print shop. Well, she has, uh, she has taken to the bedroom. We, for Christmas, uh, I got her a television for the bedroom. And so, um, she's basically just been in, in bed for a few days, uh, with the cats and, uh, yeah. And, and really just so the corner, actually your bedroom where the futon is, is what looks like the Kinko's right now. Um, so hopefully we'll clear that up, but I have, uh, what Will is talking about is I have, uh, 250 assembled issues and about 250 unassembled issues of Pombago magazine ready to be assembled or go out the door. I, um, have one more step to do and then I have to print some mailing labels and then 
I'm shipping out all of our Plumbago magazine pre-orders. Um, yeah, it's fun. I This is the first time that I've had my own paper cutter and my own... No, I had my corner rounder last time, but I have a yeah. giant, giant, giant uh, paper guillotine that is awesome, but also takes up all of the room uh, and weighs like 50 pounds. And I've been cutting my own issues and it's a challenge, but it's fun. And the trouble is, is I realize if we grow more in the next issue, there's no way this can scale. I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle this because I already don't know how I'm going to handle 500 issues. But, Are uh, you shipping into the mountain bulk? Like, do you have a? Didn't you tell me you were going to try to consign those in a couple of places? Yeah, like, do you have a, those going out in a giant in a giant. Are you sending a hundred to somebody so they can sell them for you, or that's five hundred individual pre-orders, or how's that working? Um, we had probably about two hundred pre-orders, and I have a few places where I'm sending some to be sold, like in a storefront. Like, I'm going to send a bunch to CW Pencils and a bunch to a couple. Uh, zine, uh, zine zine sections of bookstores, but in no means like a hundred quantity. They'll be like more like ten or twenty. Um, so yeah, I have a, I have a bunch of those to send out, and I want to make sure I have a bunch here that so I can go to like zine fests and do trades and stuff like that. So um, yeah, that's that's why I made so many this time. I didn't make just enough to like to sell pre orders and and then a little bit more like I did with the last issue, but. Um, yeah, so I guess that's, I'm growing like in a good way, I guess, but we'll see, we'll see what issue four brings. I have no idea what that's going to, how that's going to scale. I don't know. It's pretty exciting for you, man. This is something that you've grown from scratch and kind of put your own twist on. I'm, uh, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Our friend, um, Harry C. Marks. Hi, Harry, uh, is going to, uh, help me try to like, you know, do some editorial vetting for the next issue, I think. So he... He has ideas and I need like some extra eyes on some things. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to see what that looks like. And so I, I don't know yet what issue four is going to look like, but we'll, we'll figure we have, we have till summer. We have a while. Typically I'd be like, why didn't you ask me to do editorial stuff? But instead I'm going to do the right thing and say, thanks for not asking me to do it because I would have said <laughs> yes, but yep. I probably wouldn't have been able to find the, the right amount of time. Can you add this obligation to your plate, please? Right. Yeah. You asked me to edit it and I was like, sure, I'll do that. And then all of a sudden work was like, Hey, we need you to write four blog posts this week. And I was <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah, see, that's, that's the thing. And that's been the great part about, um, only been able, only having to churn out two or three a week so far is that I actually get to take the time to research and write. And most of them are over 750 or 800 words. The post that I had out that came out on Tuesday was just shy of 1700. Hmm. I mean, you know, I'm, I have the, I have the leeway to like produce quality content as opposed to producing quick content. And that's something that I really appreciate. Um, hmm. But speaking of writing, I'm going to try to put something together for episode four, depending or episode four for issue four, (laughs) depending on which direction you guys want to go with that. Um, I'll do my best to help out. Um, Andy, we have the weirdest thing in follow up. I believe we've only done this three other times on the show. Drum roll of some kind. I'm actually going to drum roll because the microphone is very sensitive. We have a listener question, Andy Wellfley. It's ask.grid. Which is a thing that we do. As a matter of fact, if you tweet at us with the hashtag ask.grid, I still have a Google Doc set up that will pull it into a spreadsheet automatically. Oh, wow. I, 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 I do not remember that being a thing. I set that up like three years ago. If you tweeted us with the hashtag ask.grid through the magic of this, the, if this, then that. I think it's I don't think it's Zapier. I'm pretty sure if it's this, then that. 
If you tweeted us with the hashtag ask.grid, all one word, it will show up in the spreadsheet and we will answer on the show because we need content. We produce content for speaking a living. But if content. you give us questions, speaking of quality content, if you ask us questions, we are more than happy to insert them into the follow up section and hopefully one day another recurring section called ask.grid. Pencils and pixels has gone so well. You should, uh, that you should if you we should can add another your, recurring segment, you should ask, you should check your ask.grid spreadsheet and see if this, um, this question I just tweeted showed up. Okay. I'll do that here in a second while you, uh, either read verbatim or summarize the listener question will, that we have. I will read it verbatim, uh, but I will summarize our answer. So this person, um, this is Brody. He's a listener of Dot Grid and of Erasable. Um, and he asked me this at the beginning of December. So it's been about a month. Um, so I just answered him like that way rather than wait, w- make him wait a month until he can read it, like listen to our podcast. But this is what he asks. He goes, hey, Andy, I listened to Dot Grid in addition to Erasable and heard you and Will talking about Ulysses and Bear. I don't use my Mac at home. I have a PC at work and don't care for Macs, which is odd because I love my iPhone and iPad. Seems like I like Apple for mobile, not computers. Anyway, I was just wondering what the benefit of something like these text editors is. I mean, is it just ease of notes for typing? I know that sometimes typing in Google Docs or Pages is cumbersome, but I'm not going to pay that Ulysses subscription rate. When I click on Bear to check out Bear Pro, it crashes. I'm on an iPad 12.9 generation one uh, with iOS 11. Is there an editor that you can recommend that is free or not ready to break the bank so that I can see if I would like it? And can you let me know a bit more about why a person might use an editor uh, versus pages or a word processor like that? So, um, yeah, so I responded, Brody, it's good to hear from you. Um, To me, the benefit of a markdown editing program is that it divorces the format and styling of a document from the function of typing. Uh, they're usually relatively lightweight, so when you, you can just open them and just go. I write a lot of things that will never go into print, just into some other form, like erasable show notes or meeting notes or emails, etc. And I want to type without having to worry about fonts, margins, and all the other cruft that uh, Word or Pages has. Um, I can usually make it full screen without any tooling or interface behind the words. And when I use Markdown, I can therefore later format the text uh, without having to remove my hand from the keyboard and formatting things like in a WYSIWYG bar and make links and stuff without ever leaving the keyboard. So that's why I like it. Uh, I referenced him to listening to episode three. Uh, it's about Markdown Harry, where uh, we had uh, Harry Marks on and we talked about Markdown. Uh, Will was on a Windows computer at the time and had some suggestions of app to check out for that. So uh, that is the uh, that is sort of like the reasons why one should use Markdown. Um, and, uh, you had, you had a couple good, um, a good recommendations for using Markdown on windows. Um, I mentioned drafts or, well, you mentioned drafts or IA writer on iOS. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know, yeah, sorry. That's my secret tool for Markdown that people don't know unless they go in and play around with it is, um, drafts is a great Markdown editor. Um, the thing about it is that the notes are only saved in drafts. So if you, you know, if you're right, if you want to write in Markdown and then export them to somewhere else and then, you you know, sync that somewhere else, like, let's say that you don't necessarily want to get another plain text editor. Let's say you already own drafts. You don't want to get another plain text editor for your uh, for your phone, or your iPad or whatever, but you still want to be able to use uh, Markdown 
formatted notes on your platform of choice in this situation, it's Windows, then you can just use drafts and it will it formats in Markdown like it'll do the bold and the links and everything you need to do within drafts itself. Then you could export it to like a Dropbox folder. Um, and then when I was on windows, uh, and I remember, remember recommending it. Then I used a program called Resoft notes. There's a link to it in the show notes, um, as a plain text file manager. It also syncs with, uh, simple note for cloud storage. Simple note does not do markdown formatting. Um, but it is a good place to kind of keep a cloud backup. Um, I believe you could also sync it with a Dropbox folder. I'm not entirely sure if you want to get super, super tricky. I used to use sublime text. That's when I was going through my, uh, I want to write in a, CD and was an IDE, an independent development environment. One of those, the things that programmers use to write all their code that I don't understand. Um, I used Sublime Text and it was great. Um, Adam also works. Adam.io is where you can get Adam. We'll have a link to, we'll have a link to Sublime Text in the, uh, I'll link to both of these actually in the show notes. Uh, Adam.io is great. It's open source. It's made by GitHub. Um, it does obviously a whole, whole lot more than um, markdown editing and plain text editing, but you, there are blog posts out there about how to turn Adam and Sublime Text both into really great markdown editors on whatever platform you're on, um, Linux or Windows or Mac or whatever. Obviously, there are a lot more options. As well, yeah, there are a lot more options, not just that we're, not just that we're aware of, but period, for uh, Mac OS and iOS kind of crossover, but... Um, I found two more today. I did a little bit of digging into this, almost like I care about our listeners and want to do right by them. Um, I found a thing called Typora. Seems pretty cool. I don't know anything about it, um, but it looks pretty neat. There's also Laverna, which uses Markdown and can be sync via Dropbox. Um, both of those are open source, I believe. Uh, I believe I looked at both of them on GitHub today. So if that's kind of your thing you want to crack into it and make it your own you can but even if you don't want to they both seem fully functional um sort of graphical user interfaces to be able to deal with markdown formatting and things like that um andy so um lovingly noted that i writer a program slash app that he and i are both fans of um is now available on windows technically it's in closed beta and they're about to put it in kickstarter um but uh i can tell you right now that yeah, I can tell you right now that if it's even 75% as good as the wonderful program that they've put together for both Mac OS and iOS, then it's going to be spectacular. Um, it's not going to be cheap so much. I think they said they're going to charge 20 bucks for it on Windows, which if you spend as much time... If you spend as much time in an editor as Andy and I do, then, you know, spending 20 bucks on an editor is probably not that big a deal. I know that Ulysses used to be 40 and now it's a monthly subscription and um, we won't get into all that. We talked about that ad nauseum, what, like two episodes ago Yeah. Um, about subscription apps. So, you know, we'll just uh, we'll just leave that be. But yeah, if you're on Windows, I can vouch for Resoft Notes. It's really bare bones. It's like... Um, Oh, what is that? Uh, Envy Alt. It's a lot like Envy Alt. It's a lot like mm. notational velocity or Envy Alt, but for Windows. Um, I mean, all the way down to the simple note. Um, uh, oh, yeah. This website is special. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. early like, 2000s. Yeah. Look um, at this. But I mean, it's also a free app. Yeah, right. So yeah. you can donate to support and kind of help them work. But yeah. yeah, if you're wondering how Andy and I fall as far as Windows plain text editors goes, um, I love Sublime Text, but Resoft Notes is easier. And iWriter is coming, we hope. So thank you, Brody. Um, Thanks, yeah, Brody. It, it's something I've always 
just, I've always wanted to explore a little bit more because I just don't know anything about sort of the software off offering of windows. And we have a, at least a couple different listeners, our friends at the RSVP, RSVP podcast, um, about stationary, um, less and, and D both use, both use windows computers. Um, well, like Android phones. And I think D has a Chromebook, but they use not Mac computers. And I always feel bad because I'm very Mac centric and you're very Mac centric now. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's nice every once in a while to talk about what, um, the majority of computer users can do with something like this. So, um, IA writer, um, yeah, 20 bucks is not that expensive when you think about mm -hmm. the price of word or pages or something like that. Right. Um, well, pages and, is free now. Oh, that's true. That's true. It used to be like 20 bucks. Um, and it's great, but even it's, I mean, it's very feature heavy. Um, yeah. And I like to be able to go in there and like rearrange a document. Like I have my, um, the listicle that I stole from you that has gotten me two jobs now. Mm -hmm. Uh, not, I like the listicle idea, not like the whole, I stole exactly right. what Andy Welfley said. Uh, no, the, uh, the listicle idea that I stole from you, I use, I do in pages because it lets me move the images around. Mm -hmm. It's not as yeah. clunky as word, but it's still a lot. It's, if all you're it, doing is like taking a quick note. It's great for, if you need to, write something that will be in, will be formatted. Like it needs to be, it needs to look a certain way. The line needs to break in a certain point. It needs to like look a certain way on a page, but so much of what I write just doesn't need to be like that. It just needs to be text that is incorporated into something else. And to me, yeah, that's what, that's what something like IA writer or Ulysses or even Dropbox paper is good for. Like it doesn't Dropbox paper over, for example, like Google notes. No, Google, what is it? Google, Docs, Google Docs, Google Docs. <laughs> it's, it's been a long day, long week. Um, Google okay. Docs. Uh, it uh, it doesn't assume a page, right? Like it assumes like like a like a big chunk of text. So it has just sort of infinitely. Right. It doesn't break. There's no page break. So yeah. I mean, so, you can set it to break, but it's not like you can pick where. It, I mean, yeah. you can put it's. It's, uh, let's see. The big thing for me is I have so few things that are printed now and so many things that are going to be converted into HTML. Mm -hmm. So I like to use Ulysses or IA writer for two different things. One, because I can export both of those directly into HTML, which means I can just select all copies HTML and then paste into WordPress. Or I can, um, with IA writer and with Ulysses, both, uh, they're connected to, um, at the very least, one of the blogs that I post to every day, it's the uh, post that I edit for somebody else. Uh, I actually have a ticket in with Ulysses right now with the guys over at Soulmen to that's what they are, right? Soulmen. Yeah, I think so. That's what I think. I think that's who they are. Um, I have a ticket in with them because it can't connect to our staging server for work, which would save a lot of time because I'm using a lot of images and things like that right now. But yeah, if you need something that's a little more bare bones even than that, and you're on Windows, uh, Resuff Notes works great. If you're online, I love Dropbox Paper. I'm in it all day, every day, as we, as Andy and I have talked about before, and I believe endorsed on pencils and pixels. Um, that's where we do our show notes. That's where I do all of my, except for the proprietary stuff that we use at work. We use like freehand and stuff like that. All of our notes and documentation and everything for work is done through Dropbox paper. And I love it. And that recognizes Markdown as well. So yeah, th there's some pretty solid apps for yeah. iOS. Should we, should we head into our, our pens and picks our our pencils and pixels, which yes. you'll notice I'll have a 15 second silence here, which is where my jingle was supposed to go. Yep. I, 
Uh, it turns out, turns out, not everything on a Fiverr is five dollars. Um, turns out, <laughs> if you want, if you want like a jingle, which we will have eventually, uh, you probably need to spend more like twenty dollars, which is fine. I can totally spend twenty dollars, but I just need to do it. You know. Speaking um, of things that we spend money on that are <laughs> frivolous, good segue. Andy thanks. Before we jump into pencils and pixels, do you want to tell our lovely listeners? At what wonderful vanity domain they can find this show's this episode's show notes. Well, so I was playing around with Namecheap as as you do, just to see what all of the top the TLDs are right now. And there is a sale on dot men domains. And I was like, dot men. So I go to look and I discovered uh, I discovered that there is no dot women top level domains. I was like, what Boo. the hell? The hell the hell internet. So um I, I just realized that, you know, I obviously, obviously want to buy a dot men, dot men domain, but I can't buy a dot women domain. Um, so, uh, you can find, (laughs) this is all leading up just to say you can find show notes at dot grid. Isn't just for dot men. Spectacular. That will lead you directly here. Uh, it will only be up for a year because I'm not renewing that at $25, but I will pay for one year of it at 88 cents. So instead of typing out dot grid dot simplecast dot FM slash 20, you can simply go to dot grid. Isn't just for dot men. It's so much easier. I think so, if you so can spell easier. so much easier. All right. Um, pencils and pixels. We're hopping in. Um, why don't you go first this time? I feel like I always go first. You go first this time. All right. I'll, I'll start with my, uh, my analog pick, which isn't really analog, but it's more analog than, say, a markdown editor on my computer. Uh, and it's definitely spurred by something that we were talking about actually over on the Erasable podcast. Um, have we mentioned the Alpha Smart here before? Well, I feel like you brought it up very, very briefly last time, just because you told me that Tim got one. Yeah. So I was super obsessed with it. And, you know, Tim Tim was has been looking for some sort of a distraction-free writing machine, something that's completely a machine and isn't just like a distraction-free app. He wanted to just, you know, write and be done with it. Um, and so, um, we tracked down, uh, this alpha smart, which is an old 10, 15 year old, uh, little like computer. It's that they used to call it a portable word processor. So it was basically a keyboard and a little tiny screen and that's it. And you could type into it and then get that off of your alpha smart through various means. Um, it reminds me a lot of the Apple Newton E-Mate um, 300, which is one of my very favorite computers ever. Um, and in fact, it even kind of looks like it. It does. It's not clamshell, like it doesn't fold up, but it uh, kind of has the same like curvy look, and it's just a keyboard with a little little screen on it. Um, so he bought the one that is like completely analog, or it's not analog, it's digital. I'm sorry, um, completely wired. You need to plug it in via USB to your computer in order to get the text off of your Alpha Smart onto the computer. Um, so I was I was really interested. I went on eBay. These things are dirt cheap, and turns out people have large stocks of old Alpha Smarts that were used in classrooms and are selling them sort of um, uh, piecemeal. So uh, Tim bought one for like fifteen dollars, and it included a cable, and it has a just a few AAA batteries that last forever. Um, and I, I wanted, I wanted to go a little bit more advanced. I bought the last alpha smart that they ever made, which is the, uh, the Dana wireless. Um, <laughs> I can't figure out. So it's basically the power of a Palm pilot, uh, with a keyboard attached to it. In fact, it uses Palm technology. You can bring up a little scribble pad 
Which actually is kind of stupid because I don't use that. Why would you use a scribble pad when you have a damn keyboard? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but also it was like 20 bucks. It was so cheap. And um, it, so it says it has wireless and it, it does indeed have some kind of Wi-Fi antenna in it. But I can't get it to connect to a network to like network with a computer. I think I can only wirelessly connect directly with a computer and I can't figure out how to make it talk to my computer. So one of these days I will figure that out. That's the kind of thing that I would dig into. Like, Oh yeah, I'm it, totally going to dig into this. Well, and here's the thing is depending on how new it is. So follow me on this one. Yeah. Depending on how new it is, if your router is only set up to do AN and not BG, then... If that's got BG, then it won't see the network. I ran into this with my Kindle because my Kindle only does only does up to wireless G, but everything else in the house was 802.11 N. So I switched my router over to just do that. just broadcast on the N um, and I couldn't connect to my um, Kindle anymore. So now I have two separate networks in the house. I have a five gigahertz network that's a N and then a whatever the other one is 2.4, I guess at B and G. And so it sees it there. So I don't know what your router is set at, but that's, I ran into something with a similar sort of older technology kind of thing. So maybe that's all you're running into. You could be one, uh, like checkbox away from wireless freedom. I am looking with your motherfucking alpha smart. I'm looking at the alpha smart Dana wireless uh, user manual and it only supports, 802.11b. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So the good news yeah. is, I mean, so if, if something has happened with your router and you have it set yeah. to only G or only G, because it's this okay. weird thing yeah. where five, the 5 gigahertz band does A and N and the 2.4 gigahertz does B and G. This has been uh, wireless networking uh, with I Will see. and Andy. I, I will check that out. Well, so I, so I have it. It's like really nice it's sort of the size of a large like the size and the thickness it's a little thicker than a large ipad um but it has this really like graceful curve that goes from the keyboard up to the screen and i can't wait to go to a coffee shop and write a thing and just be like i'm not quite as hipster as if i would take like a typewriter there but i'm definitely going to like get some get some looks but like the keyboard it has a very high travel for being a laptop keyboard uh it's pretty quiet like can you hear that yeah, a little bit, but it's, it's uh, I mean, it's clicky, but not as clicky as this damn keyboard on my, my MacBook pro. Um, so yeah, I can't, it, it's, so the other thing I just discovered is that this very low travel keyboard on a MacBook pro has made it really, really hard for me to use other keyboards, like anything with a higher travel. I'm just like, it feels so mushy. I'm just like, blah, blah, as I'm typing, um, yeah, I have, I think every <laughs> model over. of, except for the one in the new mini MacBooks, the little MacBook adorables. Yeah. I have on my desk every type of Apple keyboard that has been produced in the last five years. Oh, yeah. Because I have that MacBook Pro that's a 2013 model, I think. Might be 2015. Um, it's a 2015 model, but that was the last model of MacBook they made with the full travel keys. I have the new Magic Keyboard, and then I have that um, massive 15-inch. You'll get to see this when I bring it out to uh, California. This massive 15-inch with that low-travel keyboard that I actually type remarkably fast on. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy with it. I type really fast on these keyboards. Dude, I haven't used my clicky since I left the uh, association management thing, association management company, and I'm pretty sure I put that on my desk right now. I would like... I probably 
have to retrade myself over a couple of days. And also because you would the have to will just be so much higher. You would have to, uh, file for divorce. Cause probably your wife would like be super bugged by the, by the noise. Oh, but you forget that I got it last Christmas. Well, I guess I never really worked at home with it for too long. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Um, yeah. She's got her own car now, so she can leave if she wants to. Not that she couldn't <laughs> leave before. It's not like we were keeping her here, but we have, yeah, we have two cars and we both work from home. That's so great. Yeah. Um, okay. My analog pick. Yes. And I'm sure, I'm sure that this hits a, this, this rings a bell somewhere deep inside your um, analog loving soul as well is, and I quote, cheap used paperbacks. I, I, wish I, I wish I had a bell on my desk like Merlin Man. I'd really need to do that. Yeah, we, well, we've talked about getting bells multiple times. Um, yeah, cheap used paperbacks. So we have this great bookstore here um, on the outskirts of Nashville. It's called McKay's Used Books and Music. And they've got everything from records and CDs and cassette tapes to um, um, used books of all kinds. They've used video games, so it's or used and semi-new video games. Um, I love those kind of stores. Been, yeah, no, it's it's wonderful. It's massive. It's like if you it's it's not Powell's, which is like the mecca for used books. Yeah. Um, but it's great. It's it's like the size of two football fields, and then there's on the um upper level there's like a mezzanine or whatever that goes all the way around. It's not a balcony because it's inside, uh, but it goes all the way around with the music on it. But um, Elizabeth likes to go there and look for um like nature books that are kind of older. You know, we have a love for all things vintage in my house. So she goes and likes to look at uh, like vintage guidebooks and vintage nature books and things like that. And, um, and I go and a lot of times I have a hard time finding things that I look for. Cause I mean, I like, you know, technology and cooking, but not old school cooking. And like, I don't need anything from like, I don't need to learn French cooking. Um, <laughs> is that, but, is that what you mean by old school cooking? Old school cooking is French cooking. Yeah. French okay. cooking, Italian cooking. Things I was like thinking that, yeah. like a, like a squirrel on a stick over a fire or something like that. Not that old. No, not okay. like proto cooking, not like from the very beginning, but, Pro, um, proto cooking. so I was there last time and she and her mother and her mother was here for Christmas. Um, she and her mother were there looking for their books and doing their thing. And I was like, you know, I really should just go like wander these aisles and hope something strikes me and nothing, nothing struck me physically. Um, but as I was walking <laughs> up the fiction, one of the fiction aisles, I was like, Oh, I know these books. These are old John Grisham novels. I started reading John Grisham novels when I was in like middle school. Um, you know, the, the ones when they were still making movies out of them, like uh, the partner and the Pelican brief. And I don't know, horrible ones that turned into great character carriers for people like Sandra Bullock and Matthew McConaughey and stuff like that. Anyway, started yeah. reading those back then and kind of fell off. Um, but yeah, so I'm in this aisle and there's of course all sorts of John Grisham books stacked up because I believe he's written no less than 4 million, um, <laughs> New York times bestsellers in the last 20 years. And, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pick up a couple of these and see how it goes because the most expensive book I bought was three bucks. Yeah. So I like picked up two or three of them and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep this under five bucks. And I tore through one of them. I'm most of the way through a second one. I can't wait to get back out there and do that again because like I have found that I'm affected by blue light. And I've also found that if I try to read on my iPad in bed, then I end up not just reading books, but I'm on like Reddit and I'm checking Twitter and my, you know, like the predators are on a West coast swing right now on a West coast swing right now. So they're only, they're playing games that start like nine o'clock. So I end up checking on the hockey score until like nine 30 or 10 30 or 11 30 at night. And I don't need to be doing that. So I just get these old cheap ass paperbacks and I turn on the light next to my bed and I read until I about fall asleep and 
you know, it's been great. I love these cheap old paperbacks. Nice. Um, you, you, you also, you, if you tell me you don't love paperbacks, we can't be friends anymore. God, I, love paper. like, like, yeah. I love paperbacks. I, I definitely had to make some hard choices when I moved out here because I oh, had yeah. so many and I gave a lot away. I sold a lot to half price books. Um, I did keep some, um, but they, yeah, they're, they're great. They just take a physical space. And if you don't treat them as precious commodities, like I used to, um, they're great because you can buy them cheap and trade them in or give them to a friend or leave them somewhere. Uh, leaving books, leaving paperbacks in a bus is like one of the best things um, to find and to give. Although if you find a paperback on a bus, like you don't really know where it's been. So, uh, but like those little free libraries, I don't know if you have those around Nashville at all. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a couple yeah, of them. I love those. Um, I actually, so did you ever use uh, paperbackswap.com? No, um, I believe I've heard of this. It I is, think I like investigated it. It's I, I don't. It seems like they have a website right right now, but um, their I feel like their heyday was like ten years ago, um, and they uh, it was just this website where you go and you scan in your paperback library that you might like to to swap. Um, you can type it in or scan. Like you can buy a little. They call it. Oh man, what is it called? Like a the ISBN. No, you yeah, you you can type in the ISBN. It just connects to like I think it's just Amazon's like direct like database. But um, you could also buy this little like this little scanner. It's called like a book cat. I had to look for this thing. It would cost like ten bucks, and it just it was a barcode scanner. Um, and you put up your your paperbacks, and people who want to read one of those paperbacks that you put up requests it, and it sends this uh basically a label that you print out and you wrap your book with the paper that the label is on and mail it to them and you do pay for shipping but in exchange you get a credit and then you take that credit and you have a list of books that you want and you find somebody who has that book that you want and you request the same from them so i did i did a whole bunch of trading this way um so you end up paying for shipping which is like parcel post it's like yeah it's like partial, bucks. i was gonna say it's like parcel post or media mail is probably like what like three bucks yeah. maybe yeah um yeah so it's it's really really great i like i used to love it um is before i discovered that people would sometimes drop kindle books off the side of a truck um which which i don't do anymore but now i sometimes just buy my kindle books like a like a man um but yeah, I, I loved paperback swap a lot. I need to actually check it out and go see if they are still doing their thing. Um, they have a lot of affiliate links to things like Audible and new books. So this way, and it also looks like this website has not been updated in ten years, the design wise. So um, that's great. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, paperback swap, man. Yeah, it was fun. So. I, yeah, um, like I say, I think I remember hearing about that, and yeah, you, you know, the, and the thing back then was shi- and, and back then, still now, chip, shipping for that stuff is so inexpensive. Yeah, like I did um, flat rate boxes for my family. I'm not going to tell you what I got them because I don't imagine they're going to listen to the show before they get their gifts, since they're going to get their gifts on Monday, and I don't know when I'm going <laughs> to actually have this ready to go. But I do know my brother, and occasionally my father listens to the show, so I'm not going to say anything. But I will say that I shipped everything in flat rate boxes. Let me tell you how great this was, Andy. I went online to the United States Postal Service website, which is at usps.com and not usps.gov. Oh, interesting. Which is weird. Do they have a .men address? Oh, God, I probably. I think <laughs> I think 45 is requiring those from all of our governmental areas now. No, um, 
I ordered the boxes online for free. Hey, the mailman just brought a them to my, my house. Cat, my cat is going ape shit. Hold on just a second. I'll just keep talking. Um, so I ordered the boxes for free. They shipped them to my house. The mailman brought them directly to my door. Uh, that was great. I printed the shipping labels for flat rates off on my printer. I printed them out. I cut them out. The only thing I had to pay for was packing tape. I put the boxes together. I closed the boxes. I taped the boxes. I taped the labels on the boxes. I had to take them to the post office, but that's only because I missed my postman. I legitimately would not have had to leave the house at all to send out Christmas gifts this year. Thank you. Shipping free or cheap economy. Thanks. Thanks, Amazon. Thanks, U.S. Postal Service. Yay for the Internet. This this episode of Dot Grid is brought to you by the United States Postal Service. But not stamps.com, apparently. Yeah, screw those guys. Yeah, come on. We've been doing this for three years, sort of. Stamps.com? Yeah, we're, uh, we're waiting. Have a brother out. Oh, so yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's been pretty great. Anyway, that, all that to say that flat rate boxes that ship for $7, there's no way that shipping a paperback wrapped in a piece of paper could cost that much. So, uh, alpha smart, cheap use paperbacks, good analog picks. Um, I'm gonna do my digital pick next because I feel like there's going to be some chatting and some convincing and some other things that go along with yours because I'm very intrigued and I don't know much about it. I don't know how much you know about mine. My digital pick is roll20.net. I clicked you know on it when net? you posted that in there. I figured it was like some like spammy gambling site, but it is not. It is not a gambling site. It is uh, in the, again the .net. I feel like is important. Um, Roll20.net. Uh, I remember they, starting. If anybody has a .net address, I'm sure they do. Oh God, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, Roll20.net is um, that it put together um, uh, like an iPad app that goes along with it too. It's a tabletop gaming site and they have like a lot of um, different like it supports a lot of different tabletop and role playing games. Um, I have played Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition on there via some friends. Uh, we use Skype for the audio, but you don't have to um, if Skype is for it, Skype was obviously better for them than it's been for us tonight. It keeps cutting out on me, but I just, uh, it's just like I do when I'm talking with people that I don't want to talk to. I just nod and say, uh, huh. Uh, and then eventually it reconnects before you stop talking. Um, but yeah, I am, I have used it to play, uh, Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition before we use it as the map. When I go to play, um, the Dungeons and Dragons, which actually we play Pathfinder, but when I go to play Pathfinder in person with my group here in Nashville and, uh, starting tomorrow evening on Friday, I am going to start playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition with some people from work. Uh, and we're going to have to obviously use roll 20 or something of the like. We're going to use roll 20. We're going to use something digital for that because we're all kind of spread out everywhere as, uh, hundred percent remote company is want to be. So, um, yeah, I'll be using roll 20 dinette to do that. And I'm really excited about it because they've made a lot of really cool upgrades over the years. Um, they have this cool thing called dynamic lighting where you can only see parts of the map that are in your character's line of sight. Um, if it's dark and your character doesn't have, um, dark vision or night vision, you can't see anything. And it's, um, it's, so it's, cool. it's, it's, it's like, like a, a, it's like a digital version of a role-playing game. It's exact, exactly what it is. It's, it's almost a like, role-playing game with a map and tokens, and you can even roll digitally roll dice, although as you will hear in just a second, I keep all my dice on my desk. Not all of them, because I have like eight full sets. I just keep one full set on my desk. You never know when a spontaneous role-playing game might break out. We should, we should come up with some sort of a term for this. Like, 
you know, I, I assume that it's like I, you can get, you can put a massive amount of people on it, right? Yes. Um, it's it's almost like a massive multiplayer. There's it's online online role playing game. Yes, it's it's a, a very much like that, except for the fact that you have to come up with the rules on your own, and they're not baked in. And I ah. imagine it has a much lower server load. Gotcha. That makes sense. Because yeah, there's well, not like. There's not like crazy physics engines involved. It's really neat um, if you were at all. And they have a really cool player directory where if you are interested in uh, joining up with a bunch of people randomly on the Internet and playing Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or any of the other multitude of games, Fate Core or whatever, um, you can, can probably you go the in there and find one? somebody too. Uh, probably. I would imagine that there's probably uh, a very limited community for that since I've not heard <laughs> good things about it. Um, but I, yeah, I would imagine that there's probably um, some sort of community if you wanted to jump in Andy Welfley and find a group to play with, you probably could do that. So uh, I'm not getting paid for this. Roll20.net. It's pretty great if you're into um, online role playing or just role playing games and you need to have like a digital asset to go along with it. It's pretty cool. Also, Roll20.net, if you do want to pay us, we will gladly accept it and say really nice things about your website continue to say really nice things about it it's not it's a product that we uh endorse because i use it and i like it that's that's how endorsements are supposed to go right well i'm just gonna say right now uh unless they sponsor us you know i'm just gonna talk about all the rumors i've heard that the people who invented roll20.net are um uh big trump supporters and um don't do this Don't no, do I'm not this. Say that. Don't so, alienate us from possible sponsors before anyone's even reached out to talk to us. Don't do that. <laughs> just just um, right away. We're going to start. Oh, Andy, what's your digital pick? Quick, change the subject. <laughs> my did my dig pick um, is uh, episode one of season three of a little show called Black Mirror, now streaming on Netflix. This episode not brought to you by Netflix. Uh, it's called Callister, and it is. Um, uh, are, have you watched Black Mirror? Well, not a sing. I have not watched a single minute of it. I've heard really good things. Um, I've heard I've, things that are. I've heard, I've heard really creepy things, or not like in like a spooky kind of way, but in like a this show knows what's going on in your head kind of thing. Um, kind of like what was that other show that came on Westworld? I heard good things about Westworld too. Still haven't mm-hmm. watched it either. Did you ever watch old episodes of like The Twilight Zone? Yeah, every once in a while, especially the one where he's, oh, my books. I had all yeah. this time into my books. Oh, that one. The great irony. If, if oh, only he had God. paperbacks. But, uh, Still get um, you. So uh, Black Mirror is kind of like a modern day um, Twilight Zone. Like each episode is set in a different premise, like different characters, different things that are happening. And it, it's it's kind of a reflection of technology and there's always some sort of a twist. Like it's, it's often set in a near future where um, technology has progressed like to or past a certain point. Um, and it's kind of like the societal implications of that, or a, a few times it's like set in modern day, but like technology is used in a certain way, but it always has to do with technology and society. And sometimes there's like really ironic things that are happening. Um, w- there's one about like, it's almost like a total recall where like everything that you can see is recorded and you can go back and watch it. Uh, and it's basically for like peace of mind. But when in fact people just spend all day obsessing about what, what happened in the past and just like keep watching it over and over again, that's a spoiler from an episode in season one. Um, so it's, uh, it, there's a lot of like ironic twists that happen in it. Um, this episode, uh, the first episode of the newest season that just came out, 
um, is basically set. Um, well, it opens and it, it's this very Star Trek, the original series like premise where there's like it's bad video and there's this guy with this huge like coiffed hair and he talks in a very like Shatner-esque way. Um, and he's, um, uh, oh, what do you call it when you're like, um, spouting moral platitudes? Like he's just talking about how like the, you know, the, the space crew way is to like treat, um, oh, I'm trying to, trying to think of it right now is to just treat, treat everyone the same or to, um, like, you know, to, to save people in need in the galaxy. And then at the end he goes off and like kisses all the like women in miniskirts on the, the bridge. So it seems like an episode of Star Trek. Right. And then it flashes forward and you find out that this is like a, almost like a VR um, game that some guy is playing and he goes off to his job working for a company that makes video games. Um, and I won't go too much more into detail um, except to say that it's really a amazing look at toxic masculinity and toxic nerd culture and all of the like exclusionary things that, you know, quote unquote nerds nowadays will, will do um, to people who don't like, you know, aren't part of their franchise. And it's, it's very much like this, this guy's a creeper in the office and he basically goes back to his VR game and like turns it into this weird little, like, like, 1960s fantasy of his so it's it's a, just a really good look there's some like weird technology issues that wouldn't ever actually happen uh in the premise of it but it's it's such a good story that that hardly even matters um i heard a lot about it just because it's very very uh inter- star trek like star trek like um and yeah i liked it a lot it's definitely something I see a lot of living in Silicon Valley among a lot of people who are self-professed nerds. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this. You should check out that and other episodes of Black Mirror. Uh, if, if you want something that's more, that's less of like a, like a sci-fi-ish thriller like this and more of just like a, like a love story, there's an episode from last season called San Junipero um, that's a really great sort of like time travel VRE V-R-E um, love story. And it won a bunch of awards. Um, check that out too. So really any Black Mirror episode. Is this a show that I have to watch from the beginning to get it? Or they oh, no. the episodes? No, no. Okay. The, the episodes are, are so disparate that they're one all, doesn't, they, they're all, they don't tie into each other. Yeah. They're all freestanding. There's different characters in every one. It's always a different, like essentially like universe. Like they don't, I, I haven't watched all of them. Um, but I don't think that like, any episode acknowledges any other episode. So it's not like Dr. Who where like you have to, you know, watch like 60 years of television in order to understand what's happening. Um, it's yeah. You Man, can just, you can just watch one or two of them and it's fine. That That's my thing with Dr. Who. Like I started at the reboot. Yeah. But man, there's so much of it. There's so much of it. Um, there's and so they're much always, like, even if you only start with like season nine, which I think is when the reboot is. Yeah. Like, there's just, there's still so much of it. You should it's listen. Just, if you listen to, do you listen to Dubai Friday? I don't. Okay. I don't a, listen to anything anymore. That's a lie. <laughs> I listen to my brother, my brother and me on the, in the few minutes that I'm in the car, like in between here and the gas station and stuff. And I listen to dot grid when my wife's in the car because she likes to listen to our episodes. And other than that, at this point, <laughs> hi, my Elizabeth. commute is gone. I don't listen to anything. Yeah. Hi honey. I'm sitting next to you. Um, come out to, come out to San Francisco. Um, <sighs> 
planning that road trip on the in, in March, I think. Oh, nice. Well, we'll talk about that March later. or April. You and, yeah, you and I haven't talked about that very much, but that's going to go into our main topic for the day. Uh, as a matter of fact, that now that we are um, an hour into this, we should probably yeah. start talking about probably what we're we'll talking it. about. But yeah, yeah, Black Mirror, I have to, have to get into that. Um, main topic for the day, Andy Wuffley, I was thinking this and you took the words right out of my mouth. It is the fourth day of January, so we're going to talk about what every podcast is talking about this week. That's New a new year's year. resolutions, the new year. Um... And resolutions and things that are new and things that are different and things that we might want to change and things that we might want to do more of. And I don't know. I, I'm. Why am I explaining New Year's resolutions? Well, I'll make this really I'm short. Good. I don't do them. Not at all. Nope. Not even in the least. This has been Doug. Like, Thank you for listening. No, I'm just. <laughs> you don't just like wake up on January first and you're like, you know what? New year, new beginnings. I'm going to try to do this, that, and the other thing. I I don't know. I have done that before and I just never stick with it. And I, I tend to try to like get more abstract and like thematic with it. Like I should be more mindful of this or I should start thinking about that or I should focus on this rather than like I'm going to do 20 push-ups every morning and I'm going yeah. to journal for 40 minutes or, or whatever it is. Like I've, I've tried a lot of half-hearted attempts at, I think we've actually talked about this on this show. I've tried to, you know, to journal every day to record some thoughts and I just, like can't do it. I can't make it a habit. And that's generally it's the one that it's I, a chore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it does for me is it becomes a chore. And if it's a chore and something I have to do, no, I don't like, I have a full-time job and I have a spouse and I have hobbies and I have one friend who I talk to on the internet and I have dogs and you're like, you know, I have, I have people that I'm responsible to. Like I have enough responsibilities in my life that I don't need to self-impose more of them. And I wonder if I had a job that didn't involve me sitting in front of a computer and typing things into the computer, if I would be more, more better. I must say more better. I, I write words for a living. Um, I, I wonder if, if I would be better about journaling if I wasn't doing that all day anyway, like that action or that. Oh, like, yeah. I had, I had that conversation with somebody I work with about reading today. Uh, we were actually talking about cheap, crappy paperbacks and things like that. And she was like, yeah, I just, I have a hard time reading after I sit around and I write and I edit all day. And I was like, that's why I do a lot of fiction. And that's why all of it's garbage. Like I don't, I keep stuff in Instapaper, but the stuff I keep in Instapaper, I either read on my lunch break or is like research for work articles anymore. Mm. Like I just don't read blog posts as much anymore because it feels so much like work. Because that's what I spend all of my, literally what I spend all of my day doing, like 85 to 95% of my day is researching, outlining, writing, editing, publishing blog posts. I don't want to spend more time with blog posts. I don't want to spend more time with a digital screen in front of me. But I will read crappy Lee Child novels all day. <laughs> oh, so, it's, they're, they're so bad and they're so good. So what, what are some of your resolutions-ish my resolution. Oh, so, okay. So, um, trying this thing this year in my house, um, both of both the adults as if the dogs made new year's resolutions. Mumford was like, I'm going to sleep more, but I already do a <laughs> yeah. lot of that. Um, yeah. no, Mission accomplished. We have, yeah, we're, we're theming our years. Elizabeth is, um, currently living the year of Nope. <laughs> That's not, not with a K just N O P E. Uh, if she doesn't want to do it, she's not going to do it, which is great. Love it. I'm a fan of it. Uh, and I'm doing more of a year of, uh, a year of me and I have, uh, kind of set my priorities and said to myself, these are the things that are important to me. And if I 
and making a decision. Is this going to benefit me or is it going to contribute toward the year of me or is it going to take away from that? Um, but I mean, you know, so far it's been like weird things like I'm drinking more water just because I'm thinking about drinking water more or like so far this year I've done a pour over for coffee every morning because I have a new gooseneck kettle and taking the time in the morning to make pour over coffee is better than see here's here's the thing Andy Wuffley I have to be at work at nine o'clock every morning right like at work which is not really that big a deal because there's like two walls that separate me and work right um but the problem is i get out of bed like 8 55 and i'm all like immediately at work yeah. um You're like blah, and, blah. yeah there's like there's like yeah i'm there's no separation between home and work um so what i've been doing is getting out of bed a little bit earlier because i should be doing that anyway um and making myself oatmeal and uh and a pour over because it gives me separation between i was just asleep 10 minutes ago and now i have to go check on slack and email and do a couple things before i jump into writing because i try to write earlier on in the day too because that's when i have the most energy and things like that but yeah so i'm like i'm making myself a pour over because it's nice good coffee for myself and I'm drinking more water cause it's better for me. And we're going to go to the gym cause work pays for part of that. And you know, I'm just trying to do things that are more that's I'm reading more because I feel like that's good for me. I, I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm typically really bad about this. Like either it becomes a chore like we talked about or like I'll miss a day. Like, you know, the, the saying goes, if you miss a day, you can miss two. If you miss two days, your habit's broken. Yeah. You know? And so I feel really bad. Like, um, you know, if I say to myself, I'm going to walk for 30 minutes every day and that lasts until like the 8th or 9th of January and then the 10th I get sick or it's like it is now when it's balls cold out. Jesus, it's dude, it shouldn't be this cold in Tennessee. I know we already talked about the weather, but my God, I'm sorry. Um, is it a this, bomb cyclone? Uh, it is not. There's no like <laughs> there's wind, but there's no like snow. Like if there were snow associated with it, it'd be great because uh, yeah. I don't have to go anywhere. So, um, no, it's just so cold. But like, you know, it gets to January 10th or January 11th. It's cold. I don't walk for two days and all of a sudden it's not a habit anymore. So and I feel really bad about it. I have that really solid Catholic guilt just riding on my shoulders <laughs> and I just don't, I don't feel like jumping back into it. So, you know, that typically don't last very long. So that's why I'm trying to do some more thematic themes, thematic things this year. Just like try so, to do better, try to do better about writing more for work or try to do better about, you know, taking better care of my body. Like you and I were talking about before this, before the show started, I was a little late to record because I had a super healthy Totino's pizza for dinner. You mm. know, if it costs a dollar and 33 cents, uh, that it's super healthy, but I've had three meals a day, uh, which again is a blessing and a wonderful thing. And I know there are people out there that don't have that luxury. I'm well aware of this. Um, but I've made myself eat three meals because I'm of the mind that, especially when it comes to stuff like lunch, if I'm just sitting at my desk, I won't eat. Yeah. You know, I'll just be like, oh, it'll be like 4.30 and I'll be like, oh, I'm really, really freaking hungry because I had oatmeal for breakfast and then decided not to eat anything because I was in the middle of something. So I'm making myself eat lunch, um, even if it is dinosaur chicken nuggets and mini corn dogs. You know, I'm making <laughs> myself eat stuff. We don't all have micro kitchens. Would you have micro kitchens where you are now? I mean, sort of, but they pale in comparison to Facebook micro kitchens. Yeah, I've been reading a really interesting book I bought on um, Amazon Gold special yesterday called Disrupted My Life and or My Year in Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. It's about the guy that worked at HubSpot for a year mm -hmm. um, at like he started there when he was 52. He used to be the technology editor at Newsweek. Yeah. And then he ended up working in marketing there. And I'm most of the way through the book. But I hear about all these um, all the perks and all the benefits that they have for working at HubSpot. Did you know? 
that I learned this today. Um, and I now work for my second consecutive company that has this. Um, there's a financial incentive for companies having unlimited vacation policies. Hmm. Financial because incentive if, from the IRS? Yes. Because, okay. well, just in, in general, a financial incentive. Because um, let's say you work at a standard, I don't know, let's say you work at a technology company in the early 2000s and you start and you get two weeks of vacation and then after five years you get another week of vacation or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they give you your two weeks of vacation. They have to keep that money held aside for two weeks of pay. Because if you take the time oh, off, yeah. they mm-hmm. pay you. And then if you leave that job for whatever reason, they, they do pay out. out. Right. But companies that have unlimited vacation policies don't have to keep that money aside. Because they have no vacation policy, basically. Because they have no vacation policy at all. Yeah. So the companies, the, the last company that I work for, the company that I work for now, if I were to, um, leave, well, like when I left my last job, they didn't pay, they didn't have to pay me out any leftover vacation because I hadn't accrued any vacation because they don't have a vacation policy. Man, when I left my last job, I had quite the payout with PTO because Facebook apparently doesn't. It's weird because you would think that they would do this unlimited thing, but they do not. Oh, well, that's I mean, that's great. That's that's an incentive to be there. I mean, that was how I that was part of the how I survived after um, I got laid off. I picked a chart was because I still had like two and a half weeks of vacation from them. Hmm. So, oh, or I don't know if they'd rolled over my next year or not. But I essentially got darn near even after they took the money for the laptop out. Had uh, like two or two and a half weeks worth of pay. Uh, but anyway, nice. mm-hmm. so that's um, that's a long way around of saying, what were we even talking about? How did I get here? Anyway? <laughs> Resolutions. Resolutions. What day is it? Um, yeah. So thematically. Oh, I do have a segue into that thematically into talking about vacation. I've been talking you have a, for a you while. You have a segue? That's awesome. I do. Right. Tech nerds unite <laughs> on the segues. Tech nerds um, unite dot men. Right. <laughs> Not all dot men. Uh, I'm going to take advantage of uh, sort of that loose vacation policy. And Elizabeth and I have resolved uh, together to do more traveling this year. She was bit by the travel bug um, and was in Paris. Uh, I think when we recorded episode 18, she was uh, still in Paris or on her way or on her way back or one one of the, one of those. Um, And she really, really enjoyed um, traveling internationally and wants to do more. Um, We're not going to start out doing that exactly, but we are thinking about uh, taking a road trip in March down uh, what I call the Southern route. So essentially just hopping on I 40 and going West Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, trying to do some stuff, uh, Joshua tree and, uh, Palm Springs and some stuff in Arizona. I've never seen the grand Canyon. And so we'll do that. And then, uh, maybe drag from LA up towards San Francisco for a little while. We don't know yet. And, uh, then drive back around here, but we're going to try to stay in some Airbnbs, do some camping maybe, and take the two dogs with us. Um, yes, sadly. There are only two dogs. We will not get into it now, but oh, I, yeah. uh, un- unfortunately, uh, at the beginning of December, one of our dogs passed away. So we are a, t- we're a two dog family now, which is all of a sudden surprisingly more manageable because that was just yeah. one dog per person. Um, but yeah, so we're going to try to travel, take them with us, do a road trip, come out West. Um, but yeah, that's all part of the year of doing more for me or her, I guess, nope, noping out of work. She of doesn't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're more for two of us. Um, so you don't resolve at all. Not in the least. I I don't know. I, I try not to be as cynical as people are when they're like, ah, oh, it's just an arbitrary mark on the calendar. Blah. Um, but I I don't know. I can never think of like good ones that I would stick to for sure. 
you know, like I, I generally, you know, your own weaknesses. Yeah. And a lot of it is I like have a trouble forming a habit. And I know that the moment that like, you know, I make myself read more books or stay off Facebook or whatever, I would, it would just become like, like a chore. So I, I'm very bad about, uh, about that. Like I, I'm my own worst enemy, I guess, when it comes to that. So maybe, maybe my resolution needs to be like, stick to my resolutions, which is kind of like, uh, or no, what do you call it when it's like, I can't think of it. I'm, I'm recursive. Recursive. Yeah. Recursive. That's, that's what I wanted to say. Um, maybe, maybe it's just like, yeah, I, I need to do a recursive resolution and that's, that's it. But, um, I, I don't know. I just never, like, like think of it in by by the new year. Like I just never do the the legwork to like lead up to it. Well, I mean that's the great thing about it being a arbitrary mark on the Gregorian calendar is tomorrow yeah. can be your new year if you want it to be. Exactly. Yeah. And so I I don't know if I can think of like one that I think I would like stick with and that would like legitimately improve my life. Like I'll I'll do it. There was a really good. Oh man, I'm not gonna be able to find this in time. Uh, Woody Guthrie, uh, had like his new year's resolutions in a notebook that he, he made and it was really great. Um, I'll see if I can, uh, find this in the, I think somebody posted it to the field nuts group. Um, it sounds, that sounds like something that someone would post there. Cause he, um, he posted it like in a notebook and he put it in the middle of where the staple is. And he actually like acknowledged that he made it to the middle of the book, like a, you know, like a staple day, which I think mm-hmm. is, Yeah which I think is fun. Um, field nuts. Let's look at photos. This is live time folks. Um, well, oh man, and, I won't be able to find it. Yeah. Well, I was saying while you're doing that, I'm also like my birthday is Sunday. So like my birthday's the 7th of January. So like, that's another, like if it was in July, maybe I would look at my resolutions a little differently. Like, you know, I can give myself a little half check or whatever when it comes to my birthday, since that's another uh, arbitrary mark on a calendar or whatever. But yeah, since my birthday and New Year's are all right here together, it's always like all my new beginnings happen within a week of each other. So it kind of helps reinforce it, kind of give myself a gut check on my birthday. Am I keeping up with this? Am I doing that? But the thing is, when your gut check only comes after the end of week one, by the time you get to the end of week, like 41, you're like, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Yeah. Like I remember what my resolution was supposed to be. Also I've gained 30 pounds and I have diabetes. So. Oh boy. Okay. Here's Woody Guthrie's. He has 33 of them and he has a little illustration that accompanies them. It says new year's rulings. Work more and better. Work by a schedule. Wash teeth. If any shave, take bath, eat good fruit, vegetables, milk, drink very scant. If any write a song a day, wear clean clothes, look good. Shine shoes, change socks, change bedclothes often, read lots, read lots good books, listen to radio a lot, learn people better, keep Rancho clean, don't get lonesome, stay glad, keep hoping, keep hoping machine running, don't get that one, dream good, bank all extra money, save dough, have company but don't waste time, send Mary and kids money, play and sing good, dance better, Help win, help win war, beat fascism, love mama, love papa, love Pete, love everybody, make up your mind, wake up and fight. Defeat fascism. <laughs> win, help win war, beat fascism. Beat I'm fascism. Gonna, I'm going to 
send this image to you and have that be our album art. That sounds great. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, we should, I guess we should probably make an analog or digital connection to this. Yeah, since, we should probably do that. Since that's what um, they pay us for. So I know that there was something called um, daybook.co that somebody made. Do you, do you remember this at all? No, I don't remember. Last, made it last year, and it's this really... Brian Lovin, who made um, uh, made the chat... Um, uh, Spectrum.chat made this. And uh, it's just this little thing, and you... Um, you make yourself a little list um, with an emoji and with a label. So like book emoji, books, movie emoji, movies, runs, coffee, snowboarding, et cetera, et cetera. And it just has a little counter on it and you just go to it and you like plus or minus on the counter. So if you have a very quantifiable resolution, like, you know, read a hundred books this year, uh, every time you do it, you can just go and like add another tally to your books. So it's a, so it's called keep track of what's important to you. And I guess he made it for his own news resolution, um, which was something that he was trying to quantify like that. So (laughs) he, he just tweeted today that he never put any sort of like reset on it. He didn't really take into account that, you know, eventually somebody might like reset to a new year. So it it doesn't have that. You're gonna have to zero it all out again if you have been using this before, but it's just a really simple little tool. Um, I don't know if it's actually good or not um but yeah if you if you have a very like quantifiable resolution you can use something like that like just a little ticker yeah that's Um, that's why i keep it vague read more books drink more water if i read one more book that i read last year drink one more glass of water than i did last year i'm in good shape Um, there you go there are a lot of habit tracking apps out there yeah um then there's also stuff like uh what is it? The, the Seinfeld chain thing, you know, I'm talking about where Seinfeld said he would like Seinfeld had the sort of goal of writing a joke a day. And every day he did it, he would mark an X on the calendar. And like the goal eventually became write one joke a day and don't break the chain. Uh Um, so there are some, there's some apps that are kind of styled like that so that you don't break the chain. And there's also just simple ones that where you can just type in, um, what your resolution is and then I'm, or your goal or whatever, if you're not doing this, if you're listening to us in July, um, there are apps out there where you can just go in and say, this is what my goal is trying to be. And I assume it will give you a daily reminder and ask you, um, but that becomes one of those things that, you know, be about nine o'clock when I would have mindset to go off and I'd be super irritated at myself right before I went to bed every night because I'd be like, Hey, did you read a book today? I'd be like, damn it. Have you ever used habit RPG? No, I haven't. What's that? Have you heard of this? It is, it sounds, I think it's something you would really like. Uh, A friend of mine, uh, Dave Hunter is really into this, or at least he was a couple years ago. Um, It's a, it's a little app that basically gamifies your habit. Um, You have, you have something called a daily. Um, uh, So like flossing every day, that's one of them. Um, So it, it is an open source habit building program that treats your life like a role playing game. And so you put in your daily, you put in certain like one off to do's, um, and, uh, like kind of what habit you're trying to achieve. And like, so I guess what frequency it happens at and you, you decide like, like what the task is. Um, but let me, let me, let me real quick read some of his uh, medium article about this. So as you make headway in your goals, you gain experience points, you level up and you become a stronger, uh, you get more gold and you can use your gold to buy armors and weapons like swords and boots or whatever the heck. Uh, and then you can increase like 
you know, you increase your bounty. Um, and then you can do stuff like cast mana on a task to receive extra rewards, providing better incentives to finish it. So you can't really like use these for anything. It's not like a, an actual games. Um, but you know, if you like RPGs for like acquiring stuff, like building a character or level, level, leveling up or whatever, um, yeah, it's basically, it does that, right? So it kind of asks you every day. So, I mean, you can totally cheat it and be like, oh yeah, I did. I definitely floss today and you didn't, but it, I guess there's some amount of honor system that has to happen, but you, you will get things like hit points if you, if you don't do it right. Like it's, yeah, it's, so it, it basically just gamifies your, your habits to build. That I'll, does uh, sound interesting. I'll, I'll have a link in show notes. Um, to this post he wrote this like two years ago no three years ago geez um he put a thing on medium about it um just how much he likes it so i actually don't know if he still uses it um but it's it's a really fun little concept real-time follow-up yes it created a new spreadsheet but we now have an active ask doc grid spreadsheet that has oh, nice. anything that you tweet with the hashtag ask doc grid in it What's in it right now? Um, where can I find show notes from A. Wellfley? What else? And a lewd comment from one A. Wellfley that it will <laughs> not be repeated on this, the utmost of podcasts. <sighs> you you and your prudishness. You wrote poop. Only well, you wrote pupe. I wrote it P-W-P, which is the much objectively funnier way to spell poop. You are, you're an adult. Oh, that's what they tell me. I can't, but I don't. I can't <laughs> complain. I had dinosaur chicken nuggets and Doritos. For lunch. <laughs> you should have t- and Dotinos. And for a Dotinos for dinner. I, you know, those thirty pounds I made a joke about. I might have taken a good head start on towards today. Well, um, if you if you come visit, we will uh, play Super Nintendo and you know buy legal medicine from our shops. And doesn't have to be medicine anymore. That's true. That's true. It's just uh, like electronic cigarettes. Um, and we will we will be adults then as well. That's fine. You also got to tell me to eat ramen because I, I had it in Chicago and it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're do ramen, ramen at least once. All um, the ramen. Um, you got anything so, yeah. else on resolutions? <sighs> Not much. Uh, maybe I should resolve to like try to think of some resolutions uh, for 2019. Or 2018. We'll record again. Uh, yeah, we'll do a six In month. about a month. Yeah, that's no, true. No, we're recording it in about a month. You come up with some stuff and then we'll set ourselves a, a reminder to check on it in six months. We'll force ourselves to listen to this episode uh, oh God, and that's then the worst. Back around to it. It's yeah. third it's punishment. Listen, it's two guys ramble on for an hour and twenty minutes every time. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, Should we button it up? Yeah, we're ready to button it up. Um, if people were interested in pestering you about New Year's resolutions on the internet, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, if you go to andy.industries, um, you can see my website and a blog and all my various links. That helps you find it. And then I'm also on Twitter at, uh, at A Wellfley, A W E L F as in Frank L E. How about you, Will? Will Likewise, I have, I have an internet website as well. It's at nerduprising.co, but that's not the best place to get in touch with me because it's all about the freelance work that I do. And I'm not doing as much of that these days because I got me a full-time job with the health insurances and all of it. Um, you can get in touch with me uh, on Twitter at, at Will Fengi. That's at W-I-L-L. 
F also as in Frank A-N-G-U-Y looks like fan guy. Um, as we have said in every episode since November of last year, and we'll continue to say if you are in a rough spot or you're having a bad time and you just need somebody to talk to, Andy Wuffley and I are more than willing to speak with you via Twitter or Spectrum chat or emails or I don't know, does LinkedIn have a messenger? They do. I feel like they do. Any any platform where communication exchange can happen, Andy Wuffling, I'd be more than happy to just chat with you and listen to you rant. If you were doing what a lot of people are doing and kind of tuning away from Twitter for a little while, and I don't blame you. Um, I told you that I have 45's name muted in all of my clients, right? I do. It has I, made Twitter... Yeah, it's made Twitter so much better. If you, uh, for any reason, need to speak with someone and you just want to lament, um, Andy Wuffle and I are good lamenting sounding boards. So please feel free to reach out and do that. We are more than happy to um, be those sounding boards for you because you are not alone. You are not going through this by yourselves. You are loved and you are appreciated. If for nothing else than driving up our download counts, which no one cares about. <laughs> uh, if you want to find uh, show notes or more about this episode, just go to dot grid isn't just for dot men. Because women can listen or you to the can show go to, too. You can, and you're encouraged to, and you're encouraged to share it with your friends. You can go to dot grid dot symbolcast dot FM slash 20, 20 episodes, Andy Welvely. Oh yeah. I feel like a milestone. Where are you guys at at a race pool? You guys at a hundred yet? Uh, no, like 86, maybe seven. Somewhere Soon around. enough this year then, huh? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe, maybe we'll hit 25 by the end of the year. Yeah, I can see us doing that. What do we miss? We miss only missed a month. We missed December. And to be That's honest, true. December, if you're going to miss a month, December's the one to miss. That's the one. Yeah. It's, it's the holidays. Um, yep. And we're going to meet, meet each other in person for the first time. All listeners, hopefully you're as excited about that as we are. Maybe I'm we can get to Kate- see precisely how tall Andy Welfley actually is. Maybe we can get Katie to live stream it. Oh, look out. Instagram live. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we come. It's or all you know stories. What, you know what we can do is we can Instagram live it and we'll do like the dual chat and we'll just like we'll like meet and then we'll be in each other's dual chat and then we'll just do one of those things where you just merge the videos and it will just turn into one one stream. It'll be great. You'll have to explain it's it to cinematic. me. Cinematic. I don't really understand it myself. So no, it's very confusing. Thanks a lot, technology. Yeah. Uh, Snapchat on fleek eyebrows. Yes. Harry C. Marks. All right. Harry C. Marks. I love you, Andy Wilfley. Bye. Bye.